This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We are beginning a, what I would suspect to be a fairly long journey through the book of Psalms. We're going to be studying through the book of Genesis. We're going to be studying the writing of Moses, the first book of the Bible. And uh, it's a very important book. In fact, it's a very important book for a lot of reasons. Oftentimes, Christianity in our modern times is very simplistic and very and very rudimentary. And oftentimes, we don't teach the uh, the whole of Scripture. We uh, we on Sunday morning deal with uh, deal with ideas or topics, and uh, and as we deal with those topics, oftentimes we don't disciple or teach the whole Word of God. We teach the basic ideas that bring us to an understanding of who God is and salvation. But that's as far as we go. The book of Genesis was written by God. It was written through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and Moses, and it was given to us so that we could understand the universe that we live in. It was given to us so that we can understand how things began and uh, how this whole plan of God is at work. And so it is of the greatest importance that we know and we understand and we see God at work in the lives that we live in. And the way that we can know that and the way that we can understand that and the way that we can see that is that we 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 spend time going through the whole of scriptures, especially the beginning. My dad always said, and I found it to be true in my ministry sense, that you cannot understand the New Testament until you come to a firm understanding of the Old Testament. And the Old Testament lays the foundation for the New Testament. Jesus quotes the Old Testament over and over again. And in fact, the epistles of the New Testament are generally, in many ways, based on truths that are gathered from the Old Testament and understanding that framework, that 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 foundation that is laid by the Old Testament. And so as we enter into the study of the New Testament of Genesis in light of the New Testament, we need to spend some time really knowing and seeing and going through what's happening. Genesis chapter one begins with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, let's go through some things real quick, because the truth is that the likelihood is we will only do this verse this morning because it it is chock full of great and wonderful things. You need to understand that science is the study or the effort to try to come to an understanding or a truth or truth about our physical universe. Science is based off postulating an idea or laying out their truth. That's what they do. It's called a hypothesis. Okay. And, and the scientific method is you lay out a hypothesis and then you study the universe to see whether what's out there in the universe, what we're looking at actually is in line with your hypothesis. And for some reason, and it mainly because of political power and strength, the early church, or not even really the early church, the church of the dark ages on into the Renaissance, and in many ways, sometimes even into today, has been has been against science, has been in opposition to science, because there have been hypotheses put out that would preclude or 
take out God, take God out of the equation. The truth is, if Jesus is correct, and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, if he's correct, and he is the truth, then those hypotheses that take God out or preclude God uh, are incorrect. And uh, over time, the scientific method, which is a method of finding out facts or truth out there and applying them to what we know about the universe. The scientific method, if that's true, whatever hypothesis is out there is true, then it will point to what we understand to be the truth of the universe. And I can't say it enough. That's very important. And that is not in any way, that is not in any way a method or a way to preclude God. In fact, if God exists, which we believe he does. If God exists, then he exists in the universe. And uh, and the truths of the universe are going to point to, in some ways, his creative qualities, his divine quality of making the universe, his design of the universe. And science is not in opposition to God. Science is not in opposition. Oh, okay. I'm not on the Lake Community Church page. I don't even know where I'm at then. Where am I at? Anyway, science is not in opposition to God. Science is, well, the only way for me to explain it is science Science is an effort to explain what God has done. It's good to be with you this morning wherever I'm at. I thought I was on the Lake Community Church page. I guess I'm on my own page. Wow. Did I do that? I probably did. Good to have you here this morning anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll. I don't even know how to fix that problem. It's, so let's talk about it in, in, its, in its fullness and its perspective. First of all, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, this is important. This is real important. The first phrase of Genesis chapter 1 and science are in line with each other completely. The first phrase in Genesis chapter 1 says, in beginning. Okay? Now, the truth is scientists have gone out and tried to search for ways to explain the universe and have, have made observations about the visible universe that we live in. And that's what he says, in beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And heavens in the Hebrew is the is the visible universe. Heavens are the, is the universe that we can see out there in the distance. Heavens is the universe that is something that we can understand and see. And, and our science has brought us to the place where there's more and more of that universe that we can see through telescopes, through satellites that we've sent out into the solar system by looking at the universe by math. And, and we're talking about math that me and you would shoot ourselves if we ever even thought about how to do it. Although my oldest daughter, she loves that kind of math. I don't get it. But through math and through calculations, trying to figure out what the universe is. And let me tell you something. Science and the Bible are in line because both of them believe that the universe had a beginning. Now, when that happened, and the timing of everything, well, those things can at times be very different. And none of it is set in stone as far as science is concerned. Now, as far as Christianity is concerned, it's set in stone that God created the universe. In fact, if you turn to Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Notice what he says. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. If you look at that, what he's saying is that the universe 
was created by the breath of God's mouth. It had a beginning. We see in science that science believes the universe had a beginning. Now, science does not know exactly when that happened. Uh, it's been over the last 10 years or so that science believed that the universe is 13 billion years old. Now, just recently, because of things that they've observed, scientists believe now, a lot of scientists are beginning to believe because they are applying what they observed as facts to what they know. Scientists now believe that the universe is somewhere between 10 and 11 billion years old. And you go, what does that matter? What it matters is because science, as it's efforting to bring about truth and facts and apply them to hypotheses that they understand about what can be actually seen and observed, science is trying to figure out the age of the universe. I'm fine with that. I want scientists to do that. In fact, science is an effort to explain the origin and the nature of how things were created. And <clears throat> Genesis chapter one tells me that the universe has a beginning. Science tells me that the universe has a beginning. Now, we can argue about a lot of things, and tomorrow I mean, we probably will argue about it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and we'll argue about how those things worked and what this is actually showing me or what this is actually explaining to me. But the truth is that the universe has a beginning, and that universe's beginning started all things. A great start to the study of the book of Genesis. Now, you say, why is that important? Why is it important that the universe had a, has a beginning? Because philosophy, and, and this is undisputed, okay? Philosophy is postulating ideas and then trying to figure out how to argue those ideas in such a way that either they're proved to be untrue or proved to be true. Science is postulating ideas and then taking data from the universe, taking information that from the universe and applying it to your hypothesis and trying to figure out whether that's actually true. So you've got science on one hand and you've got <clears throat> and you've got philosophy on the other hand, and they're postulating the truth. One of them is applying logic to that truth and the other one's applying information that we get from the visible universe to that truth and trying to decide whether or not what you postulated or the idea that you put out there is actually true. Now, <clears throat> what we do understand, and we know for to be absolutely a fact, is that if the universe has a beginning, then it has to have someone, and this is of the utmost importance, if the universe has a beginning, then it has to have a cause. If the universe has a beginning, something caused it. Now, that's true of everything. Everything that has a beginning has a cause. Now, anything that doesn't have a beginning doesn't necessarily have to have a cause. If you don't have a beginning, that, mean you're, that means you're an eternal existence. You're an eternal being. But any being that came into existence or any entity that came into existence or any matter that came into existence has to have a cause. Something caused it to happen. Something brought about it beginning. Now, that's a philosophical idea, but it's been tossed about for decades, and it has come to be understood as a truth. Now, that is done by consensus. Science is not done by consensus. You're going to hear a lot of times on TV nowadays that science, the consensus of science is that this is true. 
That's not how science works. Science is not based on consensus. The people who will tell you that science is based on consensus generally have their studies in the soft sciences, psychology and things like that. A soft science has to come to a consensus about things because it can't be proven. But science, hard science, has to prove something in order for it to be true, in order for it to be a law of the universe, which is how things actually work. And for, in order for that to happen, science has to prove it without beyond a shadow of doubt. They have, there can't be a consensus. Everybody has to be able to look at what the information is and the math behind the information and say, that's absolutely right. We know relativity overcame Newton's laws of physics because we proved it to be correct. We measured light as it came around the sun and realized that gravity or the force of mass of giant beings bends light. And that proved the theory of relativity. It's a law. It's a fact. Relativity exists. And it was proven by visually looking at the universe and taking the math behind it and saying this is absolutely true. Okay, so science is not a consensus-based field. It is a truth-based field. It's a fact-based field. And if somebody says that says to you that it is the consensus of scientists that evolution is true, it might be the consensus. Remember, is fifty-one forty-nine. It might be the consensus, but that's not how science works. And so there is no such thing as scientific consensus. There's no such thing as that. Science either is or is not. Now, the soft scientists, the soft science, there has to be consensus. And so when we come to this statement in Genesis chapter one, it is very important that you understand that God said in beginning and science historically from that, from the middle ages until today has proven that the universe has a beginning. God is right. And science has proven it. The universe has a beginning. And if that universe has a beginning, then it has to have a cause. And if you read Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says in the beginning, and it gives us that cause. It says in the beginning, God. The Bible tells us who was the cause of the universe. The Bible tells us who began all things. Now, uh, science might prove that no, God wasn't the cause. There might be some other being out there that is God or not God, that's the cause. But we understand that in order for a being to create the universe that we live in, that being's gonna have to be an eternal being, meaning that being has to have existed prior to the universe existing and has to have been in existence outside the laws of the universe. That being has to be an infinitely good being, meaning he created all the positive good things that are in the universe. That being has to be infinitely knowledgeable because that being created all the knowledge that we have. And that being has to be infinitely powerful because that being was able had the power to create all the things that we have. Now you say, science says that everything began at the Big Bang. No, science doesn't say that. Science says that what we see in the visible universe began at the Big Bang. The problem is the Big Bang postulates that there was matter and all the matter of the universe was crunched up into this tiny ball. And then that ball was spun and somehow it got to the place where it exploded and the universe pow, came out. The question is, where did that matter come from? What created that matter? Because the matter had to have a beginning. The answer to that question is found in Genesis chapter one, verse one. 
at the beginning or in beginning, God created the universe. It's interesting that it says God created, and that's the word bara in the Hebrew, and it means to make or to create or to bring about. And interestingly enough, in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, that word bara is never, ever used outside the context of God. The word for create, that is the word bara, is always, it always has God as the noun. God is the initiator and bara is the activity. God is the maker and creation is what he does. And so as we look at the Bible, as we look at scripture, as we look at, as we look at Genesis chapter one, verse one, we see God and his activity was making or creating. God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. That's exciting, isn't it? It's real exciting for me. If it's not exciting for you, it's real exciting for me. The, the first verse of Genesis says, in the beginning, meaning there was a start to everything. Science tells me there was a start to everything. Science is looking for the initiator or the thing that started those things. Genesis chapter one says that in beginning and infinitely powerful, infinitely knowledgeable, eternal, creative being created the universe. Science understands through philosophy or through logic that in order for something to have a beginning, it has to have an initiator. And for something as wonderful as our universe to have a beginning, whoever started it or whatever started it, would have to be infinitely powerful and infinitely knowledgeable. So you see, we're not at odds with each other. We're hand in hand with each other. We're right there together. That's exciting for me. That's, that's powerful for me. It says, in beginning, God bara or created the heavens and the earth. God made all things that are visible and the planet and the solar system that we live in. He uniquely made them. He uniquely made them for us, and he uniquely made them to prove his wonder and his majesty. And that's what scientists is actually doing. Science is actually studying the wonder of what God has created. And many times in our lives, we come to a place where we're, as we're studying God's word, we feel like the whole world is against us. And let me tell you something. There is truth there. The enemy is definitely against us. And there are many out there who are seeking out and trying to figure out the truth who do not believe in the God of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, or the God of the New Testament or Jesus. Just because they don't believe in him doesn't mean they're not going to eventually find him. And just because they don't believe in him doesn't mean that science is opposed to God. The truth is, pure science, the study of that which is created or made or that which has a beginning, eventually reaches the point where there has to be a designer. And the design theory of philosophy and the cosmological theory of philosophy, which means that everything that has a beginning has a cause, all those arguments actually prove science, and they're logically true. And now, tomorrow we're going to go into exactly what the Bible says or does not say, the creation and how that came about and how that brought about eventually God coming and remaking 
the earth. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that and uh, spend time with that. I hope this morning has been an encouragement to you because it always is. I, I love it. In beginning, and science says there was a beginning, but the Bible gives us an answer to the initiator of that beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. We're going to be spending a long time in the book of Genesis. It is a wonderful book. It's a powerful book. It's a exciting book. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.